Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of the Indie Ball Report podcast. Uh, this bonus episode will include the section that we cut from episode 85 due to the late breaking news about the Texas Airhawks. In addition to that, this episode will also include the reveal of our next interview guest for this upcoming week. So with that said, no further delay, enjoy mine and Will's conversation about possible expansion markets for both independent league baseball as well as summer collegiate from the markets that were cut from MILB. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, with that, we just have a couple other miscellaneous bits here. So we're going to try and drag this out for like another 20 minutes. So that way we can have at least a 45 minute show this week. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought it'd be kind of fun because there was one article I saw that lists uh, some of the teams that are pegged to be eliminated in the... Uh, and the contraction of Major League Baseball, and just kind of go through each of these cities. We'll only go through the uh, short A and up, the rookie ball ones. I think we all kind of know what's going to happen with them. We know what happens to the Appalachian League. Perhaps the Pioneer League will have the same treatment or something similar, but uh, really it's short season and up that has the markets of interest. So we'll start with AA, work our way through, and just kind of give our thoughts as to whether or not we could see an indie ball team going in there, or if it's just going to kind of be a summer collegiate league, or maybe they'll even get spared or something to that extent. So, we all start off with a market we've talked an awful lot about, which is Binghamton, New York. I think it's fairly safe to say Binghamton's going to have a team, whether it's the Frontier or the Atlantic League, is still yet to be determined. I feel like it's more of a Frontier League team, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say from the Atlantic League perspective, so I, 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 to be honest with you, I think Binghamton could be a really, uh, a really good fit for the Atlantic League because they've, uh, they, they've had a market for a while. Um, I guess the stadium's not, not in the best shape, but I think, listen, they, were a double A market uh, for a long time for the Mets, and I think that, uh, I, I think when you look location wise, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I guess you could call it upstate New York. I guess to be more precise, you could call it kind of central New York. I think that it's it's pretty it's a it's a decent drive from uh, the Pennsylvania teams and uh, uh, Lancaster and York. I think that it, it makes a lot of sense to, and especially with Rick White talking about he wants to have a ten maybe twelve team league next year. I think Binghamton. If that's actually going to happen with 10, maybe 12 teams next year, especially 12 teams, you'd have to think that Binghamton is by far the most likely team that that would that would join the Atlantic League next season. I think it would work. I'm not saying they would be they would turn into a next the next Somerset or Long Island by any stretch, but I do think they they could be they could be a solid middle of the road attendance wise for for an Atlantic League market. I think I think it makes a lot of sense. See, my only question to be to you, and it kind of goes to what we were talking about off air, which is how do you know it's not going to be the next New Britain? I mean, it's the stadium's not as bad, certainly, and there's not as much competition around it, but it's certainly not in that great of shape. Already when they were drawing as a double-A team, it was fairly similar to what Rockland was doing as an independent league team, and I imagine you had to consider a slight drop-off if only about 200 fans or so, if we're going to say that it's going to be good at 2,000 at the attendance number, wouldn't that kind of peg it towards the bottom part of the 
Atlantic League there? Yeah, I mean, um, I, that, that, that's definitely a good point. I just think that if they're really looking into bringing the t- ten to twelve teams, I don't see how you could leave uh, you you could leave Binghamton out. But I, you're right. I think that's. The, the whole New Britain situation is something that you're definitely trying to avoid, uh, that you're de- that the Atlantic League is definitely trying to avoid doing again, where it kind of seemed like, oh my goodness, we lost Camden. Oh, look, a team lost their affiliation. Would you like to become an Atlantic League team? And it it kind of just seemed like a, like a rush decision to bring, in, to bring in a market like New Britain who had just lost their affiliation in a park that that does see a lot of people i believe around like 7500 8000 people and i think that they, they didn't really take into consideration how much i guess how much the attendance was going to drop off not that that it was that high to begin with even when they were a uh, a double a affiliate i guess back i guess a little further back when they were with the red Sox and then eventually with with the twins i think that it's it's hard because you don't know the finances specifically of each lease agreement and such, but you definitely you're definitely trying to avoid that Britain situation again. And but 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 I guess I don't really know. I don't again. I don't see how if you're trying to move a league to from eight teams to twelve teams, I don't see how you could not bring it not bring in a market like Binghamton I, I haven't heard great things about I, I have had players reach out to me and talk to me a little bit about what it's like to play in Binghamton and it's not great but I, I think it could be I think it, I really do think it could be a decent option for the Atlantic League maybe not see because it, it, it's interesting because you want you want teams that are going to be in there for the long haul and I'm not a hundred percent sure that Binghamton is that but I mean, I guess th- there is one other team on here that I'm I'm really high on for a potential Atlantic League team, and I and I'll and I'll get into that w- when we get there. But I I I would bet Binghamton's in the in the they'll have a team like you said. Uh, maybe I mean maybe maybe it is a more of a frontier league kind of fit now that you mention it. But you're definitely trying to avoid the situation of what happened in new Britain that you went four years and oh man, now we're looking for another market. Yeah. See, my only thing in saying that they're more of a frontier league market, it's really kind of a twofold as it exists. Now it's attendance. It's attendance is already kind of on a frontier league level. And I have to imagine the drop off. is going to be about the same, whether it goes at a double A to Atlantic league, which talent wise is roughly the same. Actually, Atlantic league may be a bit of an upgrade and if you go from to the frontier league from double uh, a then yeah it's going to be a little bit more of a of a talent drop off it's going to be roughly the same but there's going to be a, a little bit of a drop i would say that that's not going to affect it that much i think they could still draw 1800 in the in the frontier league which would still put it in the upper half of the frontier league and obviously expenses wise are fine the ballpark quality fits a lot more in line with what you'd see in the frontier league Plus, if you have an ownership group that's committed to improving the ballpark, both from the fan perspective and player perspective, it could wind up working out a lot better than the Atlantic League, where you're going to need to do a lot more work a lot quicker. And I'm not sure if that's something any sort of an ownership group would be willing to commit to, because quite frankly, if they're willing to dump in that much money to begin with, they wouldn't have been in the position where they're getting cut right now. Uh, so that's that's the way yeah. that is. 
Uh, secondly, I just see the Atlantic League kind of targeting more southern markets. Rick White even said in the in the Facebook Live with the, with the Patriots, we view the southern market as important. We think the south is is important to us. And so if he's targeting the south, I would say, okay, well, he's looking at trying to grab more of these uh, maybe former uh, – Coastal Plain League areas, because I got to imagine, uh, while the Coastal Plain League will still exist, I imagine that some of these teams may not be able to be up to the same quality, and that may cause an issue, or perhaps there's more stadiums getting built in the South that we're just unaware of that they're targeting. I know Alabama's been an area they've been looking at. I imagine there's got to be something in, uh, say, the Carolinas that they're looking at. Obviously, they've liked North Carolina a lot, so maybe something else there. Maybe they're even looking into Florida. Who knows? Or even just the panhandle would still be within what I'd describe as the Atlantic League footprint. If they're looking for Alabama, the panhandle's not that much of a stretch to believe. I mean, it's closer to the other teams, not by terribly much, but still closer. So I think yeah. that would be something of note. Plus, they're not afraid of having to travel for one team, uh, see Sugarland and what the travel's like getting out to there. So right. I think that I think they're more targeting the kind of southern area there. Uh, but uh, with that said, I think we said our piece on Binghamton. I think we both agree that there's going to be an Indy League team there if they get cut. But it's just a matter of which league they're going to go to. Uh, next up is Chattanooga. I uh, could see this team definitely fitting into a whole slew of really leagues. I think any of the three major leagues in indie ball could seriously consider Chattanooga. It's in Tennessee, so that's obviously a southern market. I think that definitely piques the interest of the Atlantic League. It's obviously a uh, kind of a bigger market than I'd say the Frontier League's used to, but it's also at the same time kind of fits their profile of that mid-major city. Uh, obviously, they went and merged with the Can-Am League, and they picked up some more major cities, the general New York area, obviously, and then they also picked up uh, Quebec City as well. But certainly, Chattanooga fits the mold of these other cities like a Schaumburg, like a uh, Gateway, which is just outside of St. Louis. Uh, it fits a slew of these other kind of ones like Erie, uh, where else would it be? Southern Illinois, that kind of a thing. Chattanooga definitely fits in there. And quite frankly, I wouldn't put it past the American Association to even consider a Chattanooga. Yeah, it's a little bit outside their footprint in Tennessee, but they've had teams in Pensacola before. So they're not really afraid of having a wider footprint and expanding that footprint to include a lot of different, um, of different areas. So Chattanooga, I think, could really fit in any of them. If I had to put money on it, I would say either Atlantic League or Frontier is your leader. It just kind of fits their footprint more. And both of them are really going aggressive in the expansion. And I think that they may be able to muscle out an American association that, while we know they're discussing expansion, uh, there really hasn't been a concrete plan laid out. And hopefully we can get more information on that. But I just think the two teams that have made it very clear for you know, months now, in the case of the Frontier League, over a year now, they want to expand. I think they're going to uh, kind of get the leg up on that one. Yeah, I, I think I, I think Chattanooga, in my opinion, screams Frontier League. I think it make I think it makes a ton of sense for a Frontier League market. I mean, I mean, yeah, Florence over there. I think it's. Uh, I think I think it really does make a lot of sense. I mean, Chattanooga is. I mean, one of the oldest minor league teams out there. I mean, the seam's a little bit old, but I think that it it does 
fit, I think, still within um, a reasonable Frontier League stadium. I think for I think for all the the things you mentioned, and I think the attendance is is solid enough for for a Frontier League. Take a look. Uh, I I really do think that Chattanooga is definitely definitely a Frontier League market, in my opinion. All right, then. So we'll continue on. Uh, we have the Erie Seawolves. So that's Erie, Pennsylvania. I think that's fair enough to say that's Frontier League territory. Uh, I don't think that's American Association territory. I think possibly the Atlantic League, but we know the Frontier League teams or the Frontier Leagues had a team in Erie before. There's a team out in uh, Ohio called Lake Erie. I think that you could get something going there. Plus, if it's Erie, uh, Pennsylvania, it's not terribly far from Ottawa. So you could toss them over in the Ottawa side of the bracket. And if you're picking up a Chattanooga, and as we're going to get to in a little bit, Lexington, it kind of helps level both sides off. I think Erie to the Frontier League makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I, I think Erie, from, from a location perspective, does make a lot of sense. For, for the Frontier League, I mean, it, it's pretty much right in the middle. If you're looking at like a map of Frontier League teams, Erie would be right in the middle. So I think it would be... It'd be almost perfect location-wise. I do worry about the stadium. The stadium is really old. I, I don't know. I, again, I, I think I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think they probably can draw 1,500, 1,800, maybe 2,000 fans a game to make that work. But I, I think the only real realistic possibility for the for the Erie Seawolves is probably the Frontier League. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I, I do agree with your concerns about the stadium. That's certainly something that's... Uh... That's going to be an issue, but I'm going to have to be a wait and see. And talking about stadium issues, we have the Jackson Generals, which I always thought was Jackson, Mississippi, but apparently it's Jackson, Tennessee. I didn't. Oh, know I thought it was Jackson, Mississippi, too. Yeah, supposedly it's Tennessee. I, I thought it was Mississippi because I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I'm pretty sure it's Tennessee because I was reading an article last night. I didn't right. include it in the, in the show note prep because I was like, oh, we're not going to talk about it specifically. And then... Uh, apparently we did, so that's on me for not including that. My bad. Uh, but supposedly there's an issue with the lease agreement there where the lease says it's only valid if it's an affiliated minor league team, and if it's an unaffiliated minor league team, then the lease is void. So that's a whole complicated situation there. Uh, regardless, I kind of put them on the summer collegiate area. I think yeah. you kind of toss them on, even though it's, I think the steam's fine. I think just because of that issue, if you're going to be starting from scratch, you're probably better off going summer collegiate and trying to jump into like a coastal plain league or something like that. Maybe a new one that pops up. I know we heard Josh Job talking about, yeah, you're going to see some kind of more independent leagues pop up that kind of cater to the younger player kind of model. So maybe they could be something like that. But I just think that seeing as it's not uh, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, I just don't see the... Atlantic League having any interest there. I think if the Frontier League grabs Chattanooga and they already would probably grab Lexington like we're going to talk about in just a minute and they have Florence and they have a lot of teams in that region. I'm not sure they want to tack on an additional team there. Uh, it could be. Maybe you want to have four teams there and then when you get to your 20 team number like you want, you divvy it up into either five divisions of four or four divisions of five and then you could do something like that. Uh, but just generally speaking, I just don't see uh, Jackson, Tennessee as a market that's all too coveted across indie ball. Yeah, I 1,000% I, I agree that I think Jackson is definitely a a summer collegiate 
uh, a summer collegiate market. I just think that at the end of the day, the Frontier League and the Atlantic League have their choice of options. And I don't think, and I think when they're looking for options, they're not going to view, they're not going to look favorably up upon a team with that has ballpark issues, that has lease issues, that has, I mean, the fact that they would have to agree to a completely new lease, I don't think that's something that the that the Frontier League or the Atlantic League want specifically when they have plenty of other options to look at in, in that kind of general area. So I, I just don't think, yeah, I, I think Jackson screams summer collegiate market. There's, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't want to say there's no chance, but I think there's a very, very slim chance that they end up in either the Frontier League or the Atlantic League. I think I would almost say almost none. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, so with that, we go to the high A affiliates here, of which I really think we're only going to find one that uh, we agree on. We have the Lancaster Jethawks. That would be Lancaster, California. I just think that's way too far away from any league. Uh, possibly the some of the new pop-up leagues. Maybe if they have more of a West Coast Indie League that pops up, that could be something there. If anything, that would be like kind of a Pacific Association or a Pecos League. Uh, that would pick that one up, but I really don't see... Uh, any any shot at any other league grabbing it yeah yeah i agree i think cal it's too far away i think and then keep this one short I, I don't think there's any way that um lancaster california has any shot at being in any of the three major indie leagues yeah i just don't see that happening uh then we have daytona and florida i don't know where the florida fire frogs play uh, I can say pretty much, though, I don't think there's going to be too I much. Actually, I actually do know where they play. Okay. They play at the uh, Worldwide, of Sports Complex, Worldwide of Sports Complex in Orlando. Oh, really? That's interesting right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, either way, though, I just don't see uh, any indie team going to Florida. Uh, not for any particular reason. I just think that perhaps uh, both of them are just still... I just, I'm not sure I would see an expansion to Florida. Florida just seems like there's already so much stuff to do that... They're going to be competing with an awful lot of competition there in both areas. And I just don't know if that's uh, an appealing target if you're an independent league team. I mean, all of the commissioners say we look at what's around us and what we're competing against. Our goal is to be uh, is to compete against like the movie theaters, you know, $15 and it's a night out. That's our goal. Our goal is to entertain. And if you already have, you know, 15 different things to do because each of these teams is in a tourist area, what are your odds of siphoning off uh, people from those touristy things? Right. I, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, maybe the panhandle, like you were starting to mention earlier, could make some sense i mean it's not very far from a team like georgia and i think if a team was in georgia i think a team in georgia could potentially make some sense but i do think that a, a team that's like for specifically like a team like the florida fire frogs down down in orlando i think that's too it's, it's too far into florida i think there's there's not really a ton of upside there it's hard to make the case of with all the things to do in orlando that the best thing the best thing for a family to have a night out is to go to a 
an independent league baseball game. I don't, I don't think that makes a ton of sense for, for any league to go really deep into Florida. Yeah, I just like I said, I think the panhandle is kind of the limit there. So we'll move on to the last one in the high A grouping, which is the Frederick Keys. I think this may be the market you were talking about for the Atlantic League. Oh, yeah. And I could see it, too. I also could see the Frontier League, but I think the Atlantic League would be the one that's getting the favorite there. Already in Maryland, it's not terribly far from Lancaster and York. It's not terribly far from Southern Maryland. It fits the footprint. The stadium, I think, is fine. Uh, there's there's enough there where you could chalk up the lower attendance numbers to the fact they were in well high A ball and they were playing in the in a league that their closest rival would be if I'm right the Wilmington Blue Rocks so it's not like right. they were they had a lot of local rivalry teams here not, not that, that matters terribly much but even still I think there's rays you could explain away the low attendance I would agree with you on the Atlantic League here. Yeah, I, I again, I, I've been I've been clamoring ever since this list came out. I've been clamoring for the Frederick Keys to come to the Atlantic League. Uh, I, I think it makes so so much sense. Uh, it, it 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 does kind of help with that sort of southern expansion. But I think it, giving a second team in Maryland makes a lot of sense uh, to play. I think the stadium is solid. To be honest with you, looking at the looking at all these teams that are on the chopping block, I think Frederick. I think their stadium, you could probably argue, is probably the nicest out, out of out of all of these. Uh, after all, out of, out of all these teams that are uh, reportedly on the chopping block, I think this is a, a, a market that is as soon as um, if the Orioles were to were to cut their affiliation with them, I think the uh, I think Rick White and the Atlantic League jump in right away. The location makes sense. The stadium is nice. I think the attendance is something they could probably. I think they could try to get up. I think it would be comparable. I I, I think a kind of a rivalry with Southern Maryland makes so much sense. I think that I, I really, really do hope the Frederick Keys are an Atlantic League team next year. I think it makes so much sense. I, I could definitely see it too. Uh, with that, we'll kind of go through the, the rest of these. Uh, there's only a handful of other ones of note here, so we can kind of just quickly run through the ones that aren't. We have the, I believe it's Bellyette Snappers, which I believe they're changing their name. They're under new ownership and they're building a new ballpark. So I kind of chalked it up to they're not leaving if they're building a new ballpark. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean they are located in Wisconsin, so I, I guess. I mean, potent, I mean, depending on what their um, new ballpark's kind of looking like, I mean, you, you kind of could see, you maybe you could see some American Association action there. I mean, I think it's... Uh, if they it, lose it, the affiliation, then yeah, it would definitely be American Association, but I just don't see that happening. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, it depends, I guess, when they were, when it was announced they were building a new ballpark. But I guess you're right. If they're building a new ballpark, I can't see, I can't see them losing their affiliation. I think you're right. Yeah. All right, so then we got the Burlington Bees. I'm not sure which Burlington this is. There's a lot of Burlingtons. Yeah, I I know I don't think it's the North Carolina one. I think this one's more Midwest. Either way, that said, I don't see anyone jumping on Burlington. I think that's just kind of too small for all the three major ones. They all want more of a mid-major market, and uh, that doesn't really fit the mo. Yeah, it is the the, the it is in Burlington, Iowa. Yeah, that doesn't fit the ML for anybody. Uh, so that ain't gonna. I don't see that one. Then we have the Clinton Lumber Kings. I'm, this one that may be upstate New York, I think, but I don't know for certain. 
That is that is a fun name, though. It is a fun name. I must grant them that. Uh, again, I don't see anyone jumping on this one. I think uh, a lot. They're of, also in Iowa. Oh, they're also in Iowa. Yeah. No, I, yes. I'm seeing the formation of like the Cornfield uh, Summer Collegiate League here. Yeah, I agree. I think. I, yeah, I think if you could loop a lot of these Midwest League teams. Uh, in, into a into a summer collegiate team, uh, summer collegiate league. There already is one out in the Midwest called the uh, the Northwoods League, which is probably uh, before right, usually right under the Cape Cod League for best summer collegiate leagues. It, it's it's usually really really talented. So I think that could make I think this that could make some sense to put a summer collegiate team in the Midwest, and I think putting in a team like Clinton and uh, and and maybe uh, Burlington as well. I think that could make some sense. Possibly. Uh, Lexington Legends. This one I definitely could see to the Frontier League. They oh, played yeah. a, They played a thing with the Yalls uh, over the summer. I think that's kind of setting the groundwork in place there. Uh, I think at this point they're probably going to get cut. I think it makes a world of sense to add them into the Frontier League. Stadium's fine. There's already a working relationship with one of the teams there. It's right in the footprint. It makes all the sense for Lexington to join the Frontier League. 1,000%. Totally agree with you, Nick. I think the fact that, I mean, I mean, look at look, look when the Frontier League and the Can-Am League were talking merger, then they played an all-star game together. I mean, you already have that working relationship that we've already seen resulted into something. We, so we're seeing it again with, with Lexington and Florence. I think it makes so much sense. For the Frontier League, I think it could be, to be honest with you, I think it could be one of the Frontier League's most successful markets. I'm really, really high on Lexington into the Frontier League. It makes a lot of sense, and I, I really hope it happens. Uh, absolutely. Uh, then we have the Hagerstown Suns. I believe Hagerstown is in Maryland. So again, yeah. I could see Frontier League or I could even see Atlantic League. I think that maybe works. I'm not that familiar with the condition of their ballpark, though. So... Yeah, could be I, rough. I, I kind of am, and I'm. Let me just tell you right now, this screams New Britain to me. It screams New Britain. It's a New Britain situation. Yes. It was built. Ready for this in 1930. Okay, so it's a little old. Yeah, just a bit. I, I don't. I mean, considering, I guess, happy 90th birthday to the Hagerstown Suns Municipal Stadium. Congratulations. Uh, however, I don't. I, and I know the attendance is rough. To be honest with you, this is this is summer collegiate. This is yeah. definitely summer collegiate. I, I we're talking about a 90 year old ballpark here. I mean, there's so many. There, there's better options here. I, I, mean, I don't. To be fair, there was talk about using McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket still for the Atlantic League, which I'm still beating the drum for someone to go into Pawtucket. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a really old kind of rundown stadium as well. It was built in 1941. It's not that old. It's only like 80. Hey, I mean, it, it makes the uh, makes the Hagerstown Suns look. Uh, I mean, look, the Hagerstown Suns make that look like a like a young pup. <laughs> it's newer than some of the ballparks in the former Can Am League. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but I, look, I don't I'm know. not saying Pawtucket to the Atlantic Lake. I just want a team there. I mean, Nick, if you put a Frontier League team with in the in Pawtucket with a ten thousand seat, well, well, I guess they did with Ottawa. That's a good point. And there's yeah. probably going to be a team in Old Orchard Beach within the next year too. So you already have another team in New England. Uh, it works. Yes, it works. Then you could get something going with uh, some of the Canadian teams, the Quebec teams. There, you throw a team out in, like, say, Nova Scotia. 
Got something going there. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I, I guess you, you talked me into an interesting. But back to back to Hagerstown. No shot. Summer okay. collegiate, please. All right, then. So then we'll go to uh, West Virginia. I want to say it's Charleston, but I could be wrong. As, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. There's not too many large cities in uh, in West Virginia, so I'm gonna assume it's uh, Charleston. I know. Marshall just built a new stadium, so maybe they could. There's rumors that the Frontier League was looking at going into that ballpark. I could see West Virginia also possibly getting uh, the Frontier League treatment. Again, I'm not that familiar with their ballpark, so it could be a summer collegiate type thing. But if it's a decent enough ballpark, I think West Virginia is a market that the Frontier League would be interested in just because it does expand inside the current footprint. However, it, there really isn't that much uh, competing for entertainment dollars in West Virginia. So you could definitely kind of uh, corner that market if you were to go in there. And it, seeing as it was low A, uh, it's an upgrade in the talent you're expecting to see, or at the very least stays level with it. I think that that could potentially work. Yeah, I think I think it could work for, for a Frontier League market. Virginia is kind of... Where, where they're looking as well. So I, I guess I'm not being too familiar with the stadium situation or what the attendance situation's like in, in West Virginia. I can't imagine it's awesome or else they wouldn't, you know, yeah, be cut. Yeah. So, um, so it, I think it could, I could think it could definitely make some sense for the, um, for the frontier league. All right, so now we just got the short season ones, and seeing as we're nearly an hour, we'll kind of just quickly go through. And if we, if I mention a team, we will, kind of circle back to and just talk about real quick if not we could just keep moving on we have the auburn double days i believe that's auburn new york then we have and i always get this wrong batavia new york uh it was batavia but i can't i used to say batavia then i said batavia i i can never pronounce it right so i assume i'm pronouncing it wrong we have the connecticut dark tigers which are out of norwich uh we have the lowell spinners obviously lowell uh, massachusetts um, Honing Valley, I don't quite know where that is. I want to say that's a New York Penn League team, so it would probably be like New York. Um, but I'm not sure there. We have the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes, State College Spikes, Staten Island Yankees, Tri-City, Dust Devils, Vermont Lake Monsters, and Williamsport Crosscutters. Out of this list, I really only see uh, Connecticut, Lowell, and Williamsport as really the only three there of note. Uh, Staten Island, I always come back to, but I think you were the one who told no, me in the past there. That's not a good no, idea. No, no, yeah. no, no, Maybe no. State College, just because you have the Penn State crowd, but even though yes. that's, hey, that's touch and go if you're banking on Penn State. Yeah, State College is kind of in the middle of nowhere anyway, so mm. I, I don't know. But I, I, tell you, I, I think Williamsport could make some sense. I think that if you put a... Um, I think putting uh, an independent league team there could definitely make some sense. I think it's a solid, uh, solid market there. I, I think they have a solid fan base. I think that that could make some sense to to put an indie league team there. But I think that I don't know the, the I think Williamsport might be the only one I see that could really be a legitimate possibility uh, as far as the Staten Island Yankees. That stadium is actually not that old, believe it or not. Okay. But the attendance is so bad. Like, I'm telling you, there was a game that I went to that I, I believe the announced attendance was like 800. Like, it's crazy. And, and, uh, and the it's not like all about the fans. I mean, because to be honest with you, the park is kind of hard to get to. Because even though Staten Island is 
pretty close to New Jersey, especially where I live in New Jersey. Uh, it's probably like a 20 minute drive to get into, uh, the, across the border into Staten Island. You kind of have to drive through like the surface streets and like the city streets of, uh, of Staten Island to get there. So it's not easy to get there. I mean, the parking, there's just like some parking garage next door. Uh, it's n- not the best area, you know, it's, and, and like the fan and like, there's no, like the fan base is like essentially non-existent unless you have the off chance that there's a, uh, a rehab there. I mean, I, cause I went to the, I went to the New York Penn league all-star game there in, in 2019. And I believe the attendance was like 2,500. And that, that had with like Bernie Williams signing autographs. I mean, you had like Andy Chavez coaching one of the teams. Yeah. I mean, you had so many fun names there. Nope. 2,500. That's, probably the most packed i've ever seen that place so i i don't i don't think that i don't think that staten island is a market that really any uh, that either the frontier league or the uh atlantic league would even remotely consider to be honest with you well to be fair the problem is at staten island and nobody likes staten island new york doesn't no, want it new jersey doesn't staten want it yeah, nobody likes it that's the what's thing what's the point Look, half the island's built out of trash anyway. And literally, they were used as a garbage dump and then put dirt over and said, "Hey, we got an island now." That, I, that is kind of true. If anybody's, uh, if anybody who's listening is from Staten Island, uh, I'm sure you guys are nice people. But um, you know, if you if if, if you want to talk, if you want to come yell at me uh, on Instagram that I'm disrespecting Staten Island and it's a nicer place than I'm making it out to be, you feel free to do so. But I, I, I don't, I don't see the the glamour. I, There's I, no I appeal to Staten point. Island. There really is just no appeal to Staten Island, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, yeah. to navigate it back to the baseball end of it, if I'm going to be driving to Staten Island to see a game, I'll drive to Brooklyn to see a game. I agree. Yeah, which is why they'll probably become the Mets Double A affiliate, which I'm kind of excited about, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it's not a terrible ballpark. Although if you go during the day, you got to sit up high into the shade, otherwise you get burned. Plus, if you go up high, you get the breeze coming in off the ocean. It's right there on Coney Island. Yeah, it's a really nice ballpark. Plus, it's got a really nice ballpark. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Brooklyn. Yep, but. Regardless of that, uh, only other teams on here, like I said, I could see Connecticut getting a team in there. That seems kind of either frontiery to me or Atlantic League type. If Atlantic League wants to go for Connecticut again, uh, if not, that definitely does kind of fit the uh, Frontier League mold. Lowell is an area where I think it's going to have a team one way or the other. I do wonder if they go. Uh, we're done with pro ball. Let's just go into like a Cape Cod type league which right. I'm not sure if it fits the footprint exactly, but it's in Massachusetts, so kind of. Um, and then, like I said, we mentioned Williamsport, and yeah, that's about it there. Uh, State College, potentially, but even still, uh, like you said, it's in the middle of nowhere. And so with that, yeah. that's the whole list of teams, unless, uh, unless you have anything else to say about any of the other teams. No, I think that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And without further ado, I will now unveil the next guy we have for our interview series. Uh, this is a this is one of the bigger names we've gotten before, and I'm really happy that he accepted the offer. Originally, we had somebody else scheduled. Uh, we decided to reschedule with them because when you have a shot to talk to the guy we did get, you just don't turn that opportunity down. And uh, with that said, I'm very happy and. Extremely excited to announce that on this week's episode, number 86, 
we will be talking to the chief operating officer of the Gastonia baseball franchise, David Martin. I encourage you guys to go to our social media or email us your questions that you would like us to ask him. I can't promise that we will get to all of them. However, if we see enough questions that are fairly similar, we'll be sure to try and get you the answers you want. Uh, it's going to be an extremely fun interview to do all the way around. And I certainly look forward to talking about the team itself, as well as the ballpark and the surrounding Gastonia area, amongst a slew of other things. So I really hope you guys join us for that episode. It will be out on Saturday, which is Halloween. So it'll give you something to listen to while you're trick-or-treating. I hope you guys enjoy that episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so at IndieBallPod on Twitter and at ALPB underscore news and IndieBallReport on Instagram. Be sure to send your questions for the interview that you would like us to ask, and we will do our best to get to them if the time permits. And if you'd like to email us the question, our email address is IndieBallReport at gmail.com. You can find that as well as other contact information, show notes, episodes, videos, and articles on our website, IndieBallReport.com. You can also find the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. In addition to TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and really anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find the show. And so with that said, nothing else left to add. You know how we do things around here. Don't forget to play ball. Well,